Welcome to the Socialette Podcast, where we empower you with the marketing know-how you need to create the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a marketing nerd, Shiraz lover, and passport stamp collector. Join me as I dive into all things small business marketing and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get learning. Welcome back to the Socialette Podcast. This is episode 150. Today's podcast guest is the fabulous Casey Mason. She's the founder of The Real Her Project, which is mindset education for the next generation of women. She's also running an event next week, actually, um, at which I'll be speaking. And I will link to the event in the show notes. It's called The Real Girls Real Success Convention. And it's going to be an amazing day. And hopefully I'll see you there. You can use my discount code Steph for 10% off the ticket price. Click on the link in the show notes to grab your ticket. Okay, so today's episode, Casey and I chat a little bit around mindset, around marketing yourself, as well as how to market an event and how to really make the most of free marketing, especially collaborations, which I am a big fan of. Let's dive into the interview. Hi, Casey. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. Thank you, Steph. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm like such a fan of your podcast. (laughs) And likewise. (laughs) So tell tell our listeners who don't know who you are, what do you do? Yeah. So um, I'm Casey. I'm the founder of The Real Her Project, which um, in a nutshell aims to connect young female entrepreneurs with their role models and help them, I guess, you know, figure out their future and create the life of their dreams so that just like their role models, they're living a life of success. So I do that through a podcast and a little bit of one-on-one coaching and we're starting an event very, very soon. Yay, exciting. (laughs) And that is the event that I'm speaking at and you can grab tickets. I'll mention the link and everything later. Um, So like every other entrepreneur, like I imagine your journey to where you are now has probably not been so linear. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to share a little bit about your story and your journey so far? Definitely. So um, for me, it it was, I guess, a pretty like normal, traditional upbringing, like, you know, went to school, um, but it was kind of that end of high school. um, I felt really pressured to go to university, even though I was really confused and not sure about my future Um, at that age I feel like everyone has this story that I speak to it's kind of like the only only option for them was to go to uni and figure it out Um, and so I really played on I guess you know how can I impress others what degree will impress others and so I went into a science degree and I failed my first year of uni which was um, at the time like <laughs> the world's ending kind yeah. of thing, you know, like my whole identity is is breaking down um, and which was actually, it ended up being the biggest blessing of my life because um, I changed degrees and I ended up graduating, but it really gave me the opportunity to sit back and think about my life and not just think about my little bubble at 17, 18 years yeah. old, you know, there's this, you know, up to 40, 50 years of working ahead of me. Is this something that I'm really passionate about? Is this something that I care about? Is this something that's going to impact the world and, and, you know, really um, make a difference? And so 
after graduating uni, I went and lived in Canada for two years. Fun. Um, And just literally for the first time in my life, had an opportunity to not work full time, not study full time and really get to know myself. I know that sounds really weird, but the opportunity to just like go online and, and, and read things and and, um, you know, discover the world of entrepreneurship and yeah. business. And that was like the spark for me where I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. Like there are people who are online making a living, yeah. changing the world. Um, and I could do the same and I could do it here in Canada, you know, like I could live anywhere in the world and it's make amazing, an impact. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of where it all, um, triggered for me. Um, and back then there was a lot of men in the industry. So like Gary V, Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, they were like the big gurus and my role models at the time. And I was like, where are the girls? Like, I know they're here. I know the girls are here. So, um, that's where I guess the real her stemmed from was to really get to know the real women behind the business, um, and learn exactly what it takes to be successful. Yeah. And you do coaching as well, right? Yes. So how did you get that first client? Yeah, it was really, really hard. It was um, mainly for me making really personal friendships and connections. So through Mm. the podcast and everything I do, I mean, it's called The Real Her Project. So I have to be be (laughs) super real, real, even (laughs) when like it's it's scary and it's embarrassing or – you know, I'm scared to put myself out there. I really try and set a good example um, to like whoever's watching or listening yeah. that it's okay to put yourself out there um, and to just not be afraid. And I think a lot of people caught like, I don't know, maybe cotton on to the fact that this was something new and emerging was this yeah. life of authenticity and not being afraid to kind of say exactly. if you're mucking up. <laughs> well, there's a, there's, we live in like an Instagram world where everything's so perfect yes. and you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You're not seeing the 90% of the work that went in to give yeah. them that 10% that you're seeing on Instagram exactly. and you're not seeing all the failures and all yeah. of that. So I think that's amazing what yeah. you're doing with that and I also did for the first couple offer free coaching <laughs> if anyone wants an actual like strategy behind it um I always like I'm not a big advocate for doing free work if you yeah. want to get the testimonial if you want to also um make sure it's right for you because some people like the idea of coaching and then when they actually yeah. get into the process like it's just it just doesn't vibe or gel well with them I, um, I found that definitely. I'm a huge advocate for doing like doing free work until you figure it out that's so interesting because that's exactly what Tess Robinson said when I interviewed her she yeah. did to build her graphic design portfolio she mm-hmm. was doing free work as well yeah. and from that she got like the word of mouth going and yeah, yeah so it's really interesting to hear that <laughs> from you as well yeah. So when you're first starting out or like even once you've been in it a long time, it's pretty mm-hmm. scary putting yourself out there. Yeah. How did you get over this? Yeah, it's it's been something that I've always struggled with, I guess, as more of an introverted personality. Mm-hmm. Um, really the idea of um, stepping up and saying, hey, I've got something, you know, to yeah. show when I really want to put it forward. Um, and I think a lot of it comes when you're passionate about something. It doesn't really matter who you think's watching or listening um your why is stronger than anything else worrying about what anyone else will think so I think if anyone's really struggling to um you know take that step they've got maybe something on the side or they want to up level um to me it's really like the number one thing is to find that why why are you doing this why do you want 
to present this to the world um, and make sure it's strong enough so that even even in the bad times you're still showing up, yeah. if that makes sense, because it's hard when it's not good <laughs> to still get up every single day and keep like acting like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get that. And I think like for me one of the things that I've – one of the th- ways that I've got over that is to focus more on how I'm helping people and yeah. like by showing up, by putting myself out there, I'm helping people who wouldn't have, wouldn't have had access to yes. that stuff by not putting myself out there. Yeah. And something we were speaking about just before this, um, before we started recording was um, sometimes taking the emotion out of it can yeah. really help as well. And looking at it from a more logical perspective, you know, um, I'm sure we'll probably touch on it a little bit more, but in this event that I have coming up, it's been really hard for me to consistently market it because I feel like I'm annoying people. (laughs) I feel like every single day people are seeing me pop up, talk about this. Um, But in reality, when I think about if I was the consumer, how many times do I miss people's posts? All the time. I don't see their stories. You know, like everything gets lost in the world of social media and you have to keep pushing and that's where I've really had to pull the emotion out of it and say stop thinking about what other people are going to think you need to look at it from like I guess a marketing perspective and keep talking (laughs) and it feels like a lot for us but yeah yeah, like the algorithm the way the algorithm works like Mm -hmm. most people aren't going to see everything you're putting out there and if they are seeing it it's because they're really interested and then they like they want to see it yeah yeah like that's all good yeah so with your coaching clients most of them are business owners no they're um young probably young women either just starting in business or want to start in business so yeah um they kind of have that that vision for themselves they want to live that life but there's a lot of mindset um blocks that are kind of stopping them from kind of taking that next step what sort of mindset blocks do you see that are most common around marketing themselves? Um, imposter syndrome is probably the <laughs> biggest one. And it's something which is good because it's, I feel like something everyone goes through and it's something everyone goes through no matter what level you're at yeah. on your business journey. So I think a lot of people think that once once I launch the business, I'll feel good. And it's just like, no, it just keeps getting, like the stakes just keep getting higher. (laughs) There's just like, every time you up level, you set a new goal, you have a new role model, you have new aspirations. And with that comes, um, you know, more blocks and, and more, a bigger imposter syndrome. So to me, it's really important to, um, you know, help from the ground and help, uh, these young women have the coping mechanism so that, when you do up level and you're ready to market yourself again, you know, with a new product or a new service, you're kind of ready to yeah. be able to keep moving forward because those mindset blocks can can ruin you. You could oh, have 100%. you could have a perfect business, you could have an amazing plan or something incredible to show the world, but if you don't think you're good enough, yeah. you're going to hide it away and you're going to be too scared. So it's really important that um, you know, everyone in that matter you know, is, is brave enough and confident enough to put themselves out there. Oh, a hundred percent. And like, I love that you mentioned imposter syndrome because <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for it to go away. Yeah, it's no, not going away. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> like even when you asked me to speak at your event, yeah. I was like, oh, but 
what am I going to talk about? Like, <laughs> surely I don't have anything of value to share with these girls. I know. But, and it's just yeah. so funny because no one, like, we're always our harshest critics and we don't yes. know how other people see us. And, you know, to me, you're an amazing businesswoman who oh, has you. this incredible story <laughs> and this amazing, like, journey and lives this fantastic life and you have so much to give to other people. But it's like, if someone asked you what your strengths are, it's like, oh, no, I don't yeah. want to talk about no. myself. It's like it's so hard, but it is important to, to um, you know, make sure that we're recognised as well. Yeah. <laughs> so just on the event, what made you want to run an event? Um, <laughs> I would say now a lot of naivety. <laughs> no, it's honestly like um, I have a podcast as well and it's really, I guess, bloomed and taken off I've got to interview a lot of amazing female entrepreneurs um but it's one thing to me to like talk to someone over zoom and interview them over zoom and another thing to get them in the room and there's something about being with someone and like feeling their energy um yeah definitely and getting the opportunity for them to really like dive deep into their story and share their their processes and and everything that led to that led them to where they are today. Um, that's just so different to just, yeah. you know, speaking to someone online. So I really wanted to give young females the opportunity to get in front of women who are perhaps where they want to be one day so they can literally connect the dots. There's no middleman. There's no podcast in between. Yeah. If someone wants to ask Steph how you got to where you are now, they can literally approach you um, on the day and really just make that genuine connection. Because I think a lot of the time online, we just see the highlight reel. We just see, um, you know, look at me sitting at Bali, like on my laptop, you know, um, and they think, well, why, why can't I do that? Like I'm, I'm trying to start this side hustle and no one's buying anything from me, you know, and there's this real big disconnect Mm. so it's really just an opportunity to um bring young women um together with their role models in a personal setting um it's been a big 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 task (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine (laughs) but I'm like I'm so excited and I'm so happy that I just kind of jumped into it which is sometimes like something you have to do if you if you want to do something even if you're not 100 percent experienced in the area um is anyone ever yeah I know just take action roll with it um and and back yourself and you'd be I think highly impressed to see what you can come up with if you're excited and passionate about it how did you figure out what needed to be done for the event (laughs) um I to be honest like I just kind of jumped into it and run with it as it went I literally just started with I need a venue and I need speakers and so um that's where I started and then it was the next step you know what you know okay what else will make this day amazing I would really love to feature um as many female businesses on the day as well so that's who I'm going to contact for goodie bags and then oh how cool would it be to have a lucky door prize and like every time I took a step something else popped up so it was really just about starting with the basics and making sure obviously like you have a date a venue um and speakers (laughs) and honestly like if you just had that you have an event but what can you add to the experience and what is the point of the event and what How do you want people to walk away from it? How do you want them to feel? um, And what else can you add to add to that experience? 
Oh man, I really want to run an event, yes. but I'm just so scared. Yeah. <laughs> One day, maybe not this year. This year I have too many other things on my plate. Yeah. <laughs> maybe next year. I'll help you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so with marketing the event, yep. like obviously marketing an event is very different to marketing your yep. services. Yep. How have you found that? Like how have you been marketing it? Yeah, it's been um, really interesting for me because I'm not like anything – grand it's just little old me um so the budget has been um tight especially when it's your first event so you've got to put all your money up front into the venue and um everything like every little detail that needs to be bought you have to buy it straight away so um it was I set a little money aside for um Facebook ads which is um, the only paid promotion I'm doing, but I was actually really surprised with the power of free, like free marketing, um, and just kind of growing something organically. So I've literally like, I think the biggest one for me was getting offline and speaking to people and actually just telling people about the event, like the girl that, um, waxes my eyebrows, like she has every single day, my target audience course, in her yeah. room. So I like printed out some flyers and gave her some flyers and now she's contributing to the lucky door prize. And it's just talking to people and having, you know, flyers out there yeah. and um, making connections and relationships. And a lot of um, people that have contributed to the lucky door prize, like I've, you know, gone to their business and, um, you know, chatted with them and made those connections, which has been amazing because they end up promoting you just naturally and organically um I also like you know obviously collaborations with influencers um I did a big giveaway uh the power of going live I have noticed is huge I went um when my early bird tickets were finishing up I went live four times that day um but I think every time I went live it led to a sale because I think people I mean if they're on their phone and they're ready to interact um something about being live and being really open and vulnerable um just seems to really connect it's more of a two-way conversation I think yeah I think that's why it's so effective exactly so I just really um had to I guess get creative with how I was marketing this um but the biggest thing that's blown me away is just those person-to-person connections which I guess like um backs up the idea of an event where so um everyone is online at the moment you know like online masterclasses yeah. or um you know online tutorials or webinars but I feel like there is still room for people to connect in person as well yeah and it's so <laughs> funny because my whole business is built online yeah I know and it's I like, forget the flyers exist yeah yeah and it's like it's only when you have to start thinking outside yeah. the box like that where you're like oh yeah, like I could actually just print flyers. And I mean, it depends on what you're doing, but you could literally print flyers and put them in every letterbox in like your neighborhood or, you know, like there's just all these random strategies that I I think we just forget sometimes, but they're still powerful. And even like at those, at other events, like Mm -hmm. going up to people and talking to them and just leaving a good impression on that person, not trying to be like, Oh, come to my event, yeah. buy my tickets, but yeah. just being a nice person and yeah. leaving that good impression. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned collaborations. Yeah. I'm a really big fan of collaborations. Yeah. What, um, 
What other collaborations have you done other than influencer ones? Have you done any others? Um, So I guess a lot of um, those in-person connections with the businesses that I have um, chosen to collaborate with, they have just organically um, shared my stuff, which has been amazing. And it's, I don't know if this is like a collaboration, but to me it kind of is, but pretty much every girl that's bought a ticket has shared the event which I think is really cute because um that it's almost like they're they're getting behind the idea of the event the overall I guess message of the real her project um they're really jumping in on that and feeling like it's important for them to share with their friends um I've some girls have like dm'd their their girl groups and I love um so I think that's almost like a like underneath micro influences is like this community that you can build um where they'll do the talking for you and the sharing for you which I think shouldn't be um like you know forgotten about either because like your customers can be your best advocates right so um, I think it work right there like that's that's something to be proud of yeah so I think that's probably been like the most exciting bit for me is to see the girls that have already bought tickets kind of spread the message and and try and get as many people behind it as possible. I'm just like, that warms my heart so much. And you'll probably find after this event, like if you run the same event again, you'll get all those people who attended last time telling their friends how good it was. So that's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) With, um, with collaborations, have you had any, like, um, any challenges or any that haven't worked as well as you thought? Um, in terms of like, the whole like last year of podcasting um, collaborations is basically built the Real Her Project brand. And honestly, like the biggest challenge may be someone not replying. Like I think a lot of people wow. are scared to approach people yeah. perhaps who seem further ahead than, ahead than them or like they have more followers or whatever it is. A lot of people are scared to make that initial yes. connection. And honestly, like the worst thing that's happened to me is – just no one's replied um or they say no yeah and like honestly uh, if they do reply most like I would say 95% of the time it's a yes that's great or it's just a not right now let's catch up six months down the track or something like um and there's been some women that I'm like wait what like you just said yes like (laughs) seriously like that's amazing I think the biggest hurdle with collaborations is people being scared once again yeah to put themselves out there because they don't feel like they're worthy of that person's time what tips would you give to someone who's dealing with that like why would they want to collaborate with me kind of yeah I think um it's really interesting like speaking to people why like because I think a lot of people think what would the person get out of it like what are they getting out of it I get to interview you you're so amazing but for them it's the opportunity obviously to reach a whole new audience that may not have known who they are but for some people as well they've said to me that it's a great memory for them to have like they really like the idea of being on a podcast and someone kind of asking them about their journey from start to finish and it's something that they can keep forever and also share with their audience too which is amazing for you um but it's more something timeless for them and it's it's a stamp in time of where they were at this moment um and I think a lot of people like getting behind that so like you know when you're frightened to approach someone um if you kind of have it in the back of your mind like 
this isn't all like I'm not the only one benefiting. Yeah. This is something like we're both getting something out of this. Um, it makes it a lot easier. And if you're, you know, scared to connect with someone, really like immerse yourself in their community, share their stuff, like their stuff, comment, get on their radar first um, and yeah. then make the move instead of just like following them and then that night sending yeah. them a DM like, hey, want to be on my podcast? Like the really? generic coffee and paste. Yeah, DM. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and, and say something that you like that they do, you know, just really yeah. make it personal um, and I think like you'll be on to a winner. <laughs> yeah, I think – we're like we're lucky because well, not lucky but we're we're fortunate because we've got podcasts yeah. and people just love being on podcast interviews yeah. yeah and then that opens up the door for bigger collaborations with yes. them further down the track because like you're building that relationship with that person 100 percent. and it's like well now obviously like I first met you through my podcast yeah of course and now here we are talking again and we're about to have later, an event maybe? together almost probably yeah. a year later um, and then also like a lot of the people that I collaborate with, they're now friends or like mentors mm. or, you know, if I was maybe stuck with a marketing problem, I would probably approach you and yeah. like you could send me in the right direction or, you know, I have these connections now for life. It's not just yeah. um, come on my podcast. I take all your followers <laughs> and we both just walk away. Like it's really important to make sure that like if you're collaborating with someone, it's it's both ways and and you like actually can I know it sounds really like weird but like see a future with that person like you can continue on the relationship after just that first initial podcast yeah and I think also like when you're reaching out to them telling them what's in it for them yeah rather than saying what's in it for you like yeah what's in it for them yeah um yeah that's great so at the end of every episode, I ask a couple of Ooh, questions yes. to every <laughs> guest. Uh, my first question is, what advice would you give to your pre-business self? Oh, this is so funny because this is almost the same um, question I have at the end of mine, which is I probably stole it from self. yours subconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love it. I love that question. Um, I think it would be um, stop worrying what everyone thinks about you and focus on your strengths and what you love to do. Actually just sit down and ask yourself, what am I good at and what do I enjoy doing? And start from there as a baseline. Sometimes it takes a while to figure that out though. I feel like it took me like like 23, 24 years to figure that out because I had no time at school and uni to just stop and say like, am I enjoying this or am I just like rolling with the punches right now? But also like it it wasn't really, it wasn't really feasible to have like an online business kind of thing when we were at school. You're so right. (laughs) It's, It's true. But as well, there was nothing like encouraged, you know, maybe if you're not sure, just take a gap year. Yeah. It was just like you what you have to do something academic so go yeah our school was very like (laughs) the school I went to was very you either go to uni or you take a gap year then go to uni yeah yeah there was no there was no other alternative other than that (laughs) definitely (laughs) yeah okay so the next question is what has been your biggest whoops moment in business so far um I launched a membership at the end of last year, um, I loved the membership model um, and I really liked the idea of it, um, but I 
launched it way too quick. I got really impatient. Uh, sounds um, a bit like me. I got really, really impatient and didn't understand the workload behind it. And yeah. I kind of, not not to sound lazy, but I just thought that like it would it would be something that kind of ran itself. Once mm. I got all the systems in place, it would run itself. Um, and I launched it way too quick and was in over my head. And it's Aww. funny because like, um, I won't get too uh, spiritual or woo-woo on this podcast, but um, <laughs> I felt like the universe the whole time was like telling me, no, like yeah. this is too soon. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I was panicking and I was like, no, I've, I've announced it. I've told everyone I'm doing it. I have to do it. Um, and it just, it just didn't work. It, it wasn't how I thought it would be. The workload was massive. But I do not believe in failures. Like I'm, yeah. I never ever say I failed. Um, that membership uh, allowed me to sit back and rethink the Real Her project, and that was um, when I decided to run an event. So I feel yeah. like if the membership didn't, you know, mess up, um, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to actually go all in with this event so I'm always thankful for those yeah. uh, whoops moments I guess oh memberships are hard like yeah. I'm finding mine like it's <laughs> it's a challenge yes it's a, it's a good challenge but I'm like oh this is a lot more work than I yeah thought it would I be. know <laughs> yeah I agree <laughs> and then the last question is what has been your biggest growth moment in business so far um I would honestly say um maybe just a couple of months ago getting a couple of one-on-one clients because yeah. for me for so long like I still work part-time um so the Real Her Project I guess is still a side hustle for me I and realize that yeah wow. so it's really hard for me to um like charge for it because it's just such a passion of mine and it's always like it started as a passion project and just something I love to do that it's been really hard to step up and and say this is a business and um I like I would like to do this for the rest of my life and so I need to find a way to get paid um and to finally get through those free one-on-one um coaching clients and get paid that was like an amazing moment for me where I was like okay, like I can actually do yeah. this. Um, it's a viable idea. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I guess, you know, with the event taking off as well, I feel like a lot at the moment is is really um, growing at the moment for the Real Her Project. Yay. I'm excited to see where it goes. Oh, that's so <laughs> exciting. I hadn't realised it was a side hustle. Yeah, yeah. So I still, um, <laughs> I still like wash dishes most mornings in hospitality. Wow. And, um, still like working on the floor and stuff. So if if anyone's listening as well and, you know, is not sure how to start in business, I'm like a massive advocate for still having yeah. a part-time job. Oh, 100%. My first yeah. two years in business, yeah. I was working three days a week yep. for another startup. Like, yeah. It makes such a difference. It exactly. takes so much pressure off. Definitely. Like if you can just cover your rent and your food and put a little bit into the business, yeah. um, you're so comfortable and you can grow at your own pace yeah. and there's no pressure to pivot or, you know, follow the market you can you can follow your heart like as lame as that sounds like you can just like take it the way you want to take it yeah and then there's no there isn't that rush to do things as quickly as possible and to make money as quickly as possible because you can't afford to live like (laughs) I feel like because we sometimes rush things and we're like okay I need to be making a 
the equivalent of my full-time income in yes. like a month. Yes. And that's just not realistic. And then no. that doesn't happen. And then you feel like a failure, but you were setting yourself up to fail from the start anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So stick to a part-time job yes. if you can. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Casey. Tell our listeners, where can they find out more about you and about The Real Her Project? Awesome. Well, you can um, follow me on Instagram at The Real Her Project. Um, my podcast is The Real Her Project Podcast. Um, and yeah, just find me online at www.therealherproject.com. All pretty easy. easy. (laughs) Thanks so much, Casey. Thanks, Steph.